Maybe then you can see me and I can see you Maybe then we'll come together as a people Tired of the pain cause it ain't new Let's come together as a people Even if we don't share the same view Welcome to the Jesus and Everything Foundation podcast. On this show, we look at all problems affecting the world and we discuss how we can solve them using the character of Jesus, unity, and decentralization of resources available to us. The character of Jesus, or as I like to call them, the Jesus character principles, are principles that whether you are a Christian or not, we can all agree on these principles. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. For every episode, we discuss a problem topic from our category list. You can find this list on the Foundation's website, jaef.foundation. We ask ourselves and listeners, what is the goal? What is the vision for this problem category? What are the potential solutions? What are the obstacles? What resources do we need? And what resources do we have? But most importantly, do these solutions and resources pass the character test, the nine Jesus character principles? If yes, then we move on to collaboration. What does this look like? This show is a platform to get the ball rolling on as many problems affecting the world as we can. We want to go beyond just talking about problems. So after the show, we collaborate by acting. First, we open the discussion floor to our listeners. Then we decentralize and open source all of our resources from brain power, manpower, utilities to capital. Before every episode, I like to ask our viewers and listeners, do you ever ask yourself, where are we going? Where is this world going? Time keeps on ticking, the day ends, a new dawn arises, and life goes on. But what is our destination? Do we have any global objectives that unite us when it comes to things like food, security, healthcare, education, or standard of living? It's a fair question to ask. If you work for a company or work for yourself, you have a general idea about your company's vision. Goal. So what is our goal, our overarching vision as the current residents of this planet? What role is your company, your city, your country playing in the big picture? And what role are you who's listening to this playing in this big picture?
Welcome to the Child Offering Series. It's under our human rights category. You can find the full list of topics we shall cover under this category on our website, jf.foundation. That is jaef.foundation. In this series, I interview Melissa Zacharias, the founder of Us Connected, which is an organization focused on solving this issue of child offerings using a unique approach that we shall unroll during the course of this interview. The mission or mantra of the Jesus and Everything Foundation is to solve the root of the problem. And Melissa's approach towards this problem of child orphans is just that. Orphans are often seen as a social sector issue only. But prevention of children becoming orphans is a legal, economic, education, infrastructure, and healthcare not to mention social awareness or sexual education issue. This problem is integrated into many other industries, environment, government, urbanization, healthcare, culture, and world peace. In this series, we'll cover a wide range of topics relating to the problem of child offerings, such as what is the main cause of child offerings? We'll look at an ideal vision or goal for us as a community, what are the solutions, obstacles? And Melissa will walk us through how we can approach this problem with a prevention and intervention approach. The objective of this series is to first bring awareness to a problem that most people do not have on their radar as a serious problem, perhaps because it's not a problem that majority of the population deals with, but actually this is a problem that cascades into our daily lives as it affects many areas of our day-to-day -day lives that we might not even be aware of. For instance, we could have child orphans as a result of infrastructure not being able to withstand natural hazards. Such a cause is directly related to government policy and regulation for infrastructure. Child orphans as a result of sex work is primarily linked to lack of employment. So awareness of this problem of child offerings is step one. The other objective is to equip all of us listeners on how we can get involved. Following this, we'll be figuring out how we can partner with Melissa Zacharias and her organization as connected because child offerings are a community issue as you will later on find out during this interview and this problem requires all hands on deck. So in case you're ready to help when you finish listening to this interview, you can contact us through our website, jf.foundation, that is J-A-E-F.foundation, and we'll put you in touch with Melissa. Thank you.
even blind voter come open my eyes Where do we turn, what do we do Something is broken, I see it is true We need a fix, not politics We need a breakthrough to fix all of this I think I'm in it over my head This is episode three of the Child Often series. In this episode, I discuss with our guest Melissa, who's the founder of Ask Connected, an organization focusing on solving this problem of child orphans. In this episode, we continue talking about solutions. An ideal goal for us as a community, how we can support NGOs to function with a more business mindset, with updated tracking algorithms, databases, websites, and so forth. We hope this episode blesses your heart. So open up your heart and mind and let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. And we are with Melissa. Melissa is, we were just talking about the this issue of child orphans, if you were listening to us. And we stopped at the point when we were, we were talking about sometimes the, the statistics, we're looking at the number of orphans that we have around the world, but we're also looking at, you know, how should we really look at this number? Cause we don't, it's not accurate for us to look at it as just 153, you know, million offerings, you know, Melissa had brought up a couple of problems that she has done research on where there's some kids who are not orphans that are actually taken out of their homes so that th there's a money side to, to orphanages. So, we also, now this becomes really interesting, Melissa, because many, many a times people are kind of coerced to donate money. You know, sometimes the last thing you think about is an orphanage is being a money minting thing. But, you know, again, we're dealing with the real world here. So there's always people who are going to take advantage of a situation like this. Mm. And so they will pluck these kids from their parents and stack them away in rooms and then they will try to raise money from donors and things like that. So we've kind of looked at the, one of the main problems being broken systems. Mm -hmm. And then we're talking about prevention and intervention. What, what, what should be our goal? What, what, what should be our vision right now as, as a community? I'm not even going to say that what, what is your vision? Cause you've really opened up this problem and it's screaming, all hands on deck. Mm. So what what should be, give us an, more like a, a realistic goal for us as the world right now. What 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 should we be focused on? How, how can we tackle this problem? Because this, it, it's very complicated. 
Mm. But mm-hmm. I, I believe that every problem has a solution. Now, even the, the most complicated of problems. So give us some hope here. How, how can we how can we start breaking this super complicated thing? How do we break it down? How can we a- attack it? Sure. So I definitely believe in numbers. I believe in connecting and communicating with one another. Um, So again, I think that it comes down to, hey, you're doing something that I'm really curious about uh, and we're doing this thing. How do we come together and you know, provide more of a strategic approach rather than yes. being disconnected. And I think one of the important pieces too is that there are a lot of people doing amazing work globally. So it's not that, you know, we're just sitting here with this problem and it's just, it's just festering and it's just growing. Uh, there are a lot of people that are doing amazing work. And uh, for instance, there's a man in South Korea and I, I can't, for the life of me, can't remember his name at the time or right now, but um he has something called a baby box and on the outside of the baby box um, it's attached to his home. And on the outside, it says, Jesus loves you. And it tells the instructions of what he's asking. So he asks any mother who doesn't know how to raise a child or doesn't want to raise a child to put their baby into the box. And so on one side of that box is a lever or like a door. The mother puts the baby in, closes the door, walks away. And then he and his wife are on the other side, opens the other side of the box and there's a baby and they bring them into their home and raise them as their own. And many times um, these children have developmental disabilities um, and it's actually on a government level, it's illegal to do this, um, but they do it anyways. And so I think just that should be really hope, like bring hope to people that there are people out there globally who are doing beautiful, um, small acts of kindness, um, the small acts of kindness, these are major acts of kindness, but, um, but on a, on a global scale, it it seems small, but it's, you know, it's important to recognize the single child as well as the big issue globally. So I think not losing sight of the two, um, that it is important that the vision is about the single, each child having, an environment that they can grow up in that is resilient, um, that is safe and protective. Um, and then on a global front, I think it's, it is about making relationships and making connections. Um, because I do believe in the power of coming to new ideas and that, that innovation, we have it in the business world. Um, but in many ways, uh, in the non-governmental organizations, in that environment, we are very disconnected. Um, and I, I think that coming together and having, you know, uh, behavioral scientists come in and, and give us ideas about how to um, improve profits or, you know, donations. And um, uh, there's, for instance, there was one app, it was a game, and they had a secret donor on the other side, but if you won this game, however times it had to do with rice and words and something, um, but you uh, you were essentially playing a game, but improving donations for non-governmental organizations at the same time. Um, and the I, I can attest right now that the game was incredibly addictive. I was really hard for me to stop when I actually had to do my homework, but I knew that it was actually a good game and it was doing good on the other side. 
Um, and so yeah. there are there are a lot of ideas out there that are already on their way. I think the biggest piece that is really important is coming together to spark new ideas. And again, it comes back to everybody has a contributing um, piece to resolving the issue of children becoming orphan uh, orphans. But um, but it it shouldn't that that alone should be hopeful because it means that we can come together and we're not, it's not all rested on my shoulders or one other person's shoulders or one organization's shoulders. It's really uh, about, um, about, um, it's really about creating a system of, of, uh, knowledge exchange. It's about, um, maybe I, you know, in, in, um, in an organization, uh, I was talking to somebody about Kenya and orphanages in Kenya. And there was one orphan orphanage that had a lots of donor connections and they were doing quite well. And in fact, there was a, a donor that came to their orphanage and asked what they needed. And they said, we just need to, you know, um, remodel our kitchen. And you go down the street and there's another, another orphanage that doesn't have two coins to put together. And so creating a system where it's you know, they're connecting from an orphanage level to not work independently, but work collectively. Um, yes. And, you know, I think that that's really important. And I think, um, so I think it's, um, yeah, and it's, and as we do that, as we connect and as we um, come together, I think particularly when we're talking about shame, when we come together and we start to build relationships with people that have different lives than us, we start to have greater empathy because we start to understand um, about their circumstances. We start to broaden their our understanding of their world and how it came to be and our empathy and our compassion grows. And so really making those relationships and those connections are, I think, the foundational key to addressing this issue long-term. So what I'm hearing is we we have to connect on 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 an NGO level and also spar up the creativity, because right now one of the things that you just pointed out is that most of the you know marketers or statisticians and you know all of these people are all the probably let's say you know the the the, the smartest brains are probably in the uh, private sector. Yeah, I mean uh, mm. for profit. Mm. So it's almost like, hey, we need your skills here as well. Mm. You know, yeah, I would agree, and I would also agree that we need to empower um, people who are just living their lives that aren't a part of, you know, NGOs. They may donate every once in a while, um, but I think it's really, you know, it's it's important to be educated about what is happening, um, to know that, you know, your dollar, where you put your dollar has an impact, but also where you put your time and your energy, where you go to vacation, um, whether or not that's volunteerism, you know, um, ensuring that you're researching that organization before you go, ensuring that um, you're actually supporting an organization that you want to support, and that is registered. Um, and yeah, I think that those, those, um, but again, that comes back to connecting. You know, if people aren't connected, they don't know. Um, and mm. if an organization is isolated, they don't know how to improve. They don't get the how to take that piece of information and apply it um, uniquely to their unique context. Um, 
And so uh, when I was looking at the baby box example, I found a similar example in Malaysia. And I'm, I'm, I don't know this, I don't have an answer to this, but I'm, I'm curious to know if um, there was any communication between, because those are two um, in Malaysia, there's the baby box and there's no shame. It's absolutely legal to leave a baby in this box and, um, and it's encouraged. Um, and I'm, and I have, a, I think it's a, a Islamic organization that, that supports this. And, um, and so just having, you know, um, two, two are the same idea in two different places two and different have places. Yeah. And have two a success in that. I think, um, yeah, we, that I think has the potential of really relieving a lot of burden on mothers who weren't prepared to become moms, um, to ensure that the child does have a place to go, um, to call home. Um, those are, those are brilliant ideas. And I know that they come with their weaknesses as most ideas do, if not all ideas do. Um, but I think that that, that intervention piece is really key to ensuring that that child has a place to go when it comes to prevention pieces, there's already a ton of organizations that are doing great work. So there's an organization called universal outreach and they're actually located in North van in, um, in BC. And they have an organization in Liberia that supports, um, people to develop skills. For instance, one of the skills is to become beekeepers so that they can sell honey uh, in their local markets. And um, that again, you're coming, you're coming across um, like you need to know, you need to have beekeepers. Like that's a part, like knowing what is in demand in that local economy to know what skills are needed to empower workers in order to access the market to sell products you know, those are all business uh, pieces. So we definitely need to connect um, different organizations and different um, different sectors together uh, in order to to really resolve this this um, this issue. Um, again, we're talking about connecting, connecting mm -hmm. people to be aware of this problem, and then also connecting organizations that are solving this problem. Mm -hmm. And then I don't even think that this should be like, how much should we incentivize you to give us your knowledge about, you know, for instance, you know, building uh, foster homes or whatever amenities and supplies that these orphanages have. I think when it comes down to it, I think a lot of people would be interested from, from just a personal experience. And I know a lot of people deal with this. Mm -hmm. It's one of the, it's one of the, you know, like when you go to uh, any of these stores, let's say you go to Walmart or like somewhere else and you shop, you know, you go shop and then they're like, uh, as you're checking out, they're like, would you like to donate a dollar to, um, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And it's, it's almost like you would think that because of the calls that they're asking you to donate, you don't, um, you know, there's a, there's a goodwill in you. You're like, of course, like if someone finds you outside that, like, hey, would you like to donate a dollar here or whatever? You're like, of course, like, you know, you would be all in. But I think one of the problems with, that a lot of um, non-government organizations deal with or nonprofits is this issue of trackability. Like, mm. I think people 
people donate money even let's say to different missions in, in in global south countries but it's like they never really get to see what it turned into you yeah. know what i mean like like i mean how cool would it be uh that you could trace like every you know maybe not down to the penny but at least the you know every dollar and at least you know like there's a tracker somewhere and you can say okay this money came in this was the need and it was used for this and uh this is what the children have to say mm. uh, i mean we live in a world whereby we have like instagram stories and tiktoks and this and and, and we do this for kind of like the vanity, you know, kind of selfish desire thing where we have all these stories and there's a trail of them and people put up their food recipes, their workouts. Sure. But I think uh, NGOs need to grow in, 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 in this regard where it's like, maybe again, that goes back to what you're just saying is that we don't have kind of like the, 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 the smartest minds who are looking at this problem because they've been lured away because of money. Sure. So now, and it's not about kind of like the smartest minds because in, in many cases, it just takes a group of people to be in the same room. And then that's going to lead to, you know, inevitably some good ideas coming out of, the, out of that. Mm. And when those ideas are worked on, then they can turn into like, you know, really awesome solutions. Mm. But I think just not being able to know it always feels like when you're donating money to a non-government organization like you it's almost like you're throwing money into like a black hole like yeah, right <laughs> you know what i mean it's, it's like because it's like well donate these people we need food in this area people are hungry and it's like well can we see some of the food like they ate and stuff like that and and right. engineers never really think that uh it's almost like the same way uh, private sector companies at the end of the day have quarterly reports and, you know, and they call people in and they say, these are our financials, yeah. you know, this is how much revenue we made and this is the profitability and, and, and all of that. I, I never feel like uh, NGOs do this. So. Uh, it's it, yeah. So I'll say it is becoming a bit more popular for non-governmental organizations to create um, annual reports because they have, particularly if they have bigger donors, um, like Compassion Canada does definitely has annual reports, even uh, Universal Outreach, they're a smaller organization. I, I think that they are only located in, in Liberia and their base uh, office is in North Vancouver, BC, and they have a report that they put up. And so it is, it is starting to get a bit more traction because um, government organizations like the federal government or, or whoever is requiring, uh, some submission of a, of a report. Um, and so that definitely, I think, um, as somebody who is in love with numbers, um, and, and being able to track this and having, trying to research, um, the statistics of each country and the number of orphan children in each country and really coming up short on what current data is available. Um, I can, I have, I, I feel the pain of not having enough. Um, and it, and it goes back to that accountability piece, I think. Um, so, you know, in business, you have annual reports, not only to show the progress, but also to say people who've invested into the company that, yeah, we've, we've provided a return on your investment. Um, we're doing well. Um, and so I, I do think that 
Um, the, there's two things. And I think for a long period of time, for a long period of time, non-governmental organizations were just seen as like, almost when it says, I think this, this piece of scripture is taken out of context. And, um, but it's when Christ says that the poor will always be with you. Um, I, I don't, I don't think he meant it in that you should just, you know, ignore them it, yeah and run with it and just be like oh they're always going to be here so we'll just support mm-hmm. them and not actually <laughs> pull, right um and so i think in in that light though a lot of non-governmental organizations ngos they um they almost have this feeling that they're they're always going to be there and they should always be there but the the desire is for them to become less and less um and that should always be the goal Um, and so, um, when we're, which is a weird business model, it's a weird, weird business model. You know, it's almost like, I don't, I'm, my model is that one day I don't, my organization doesn't exist. Um, that is the hope. Um, and, um, and I think though, um, oh, you said something that, that sparked an idea in me. Um. Yeah, there's a there's a lot of pieces. Um, yeah, um, organizations need to definitely provide more data. I think it's hard because that is another expense. That's one expense that businesses put into place as part of their annual, like their their budgets. Right? Is is how much time we're going to put aside to track different things and they have um those systems put in place in order to to track that but i think that uh a lot of historically a lot of the good feeling that people get from giving money happens as they give money not at the outcome um and i definitely agree with you that it should be the outcome and that goes back to you know addressing the root problems rather than the fruit problems and so um yeah, like I feel good giving money um, in the moment because a cashier is asking me if I should give money and it's only a dollar. And then I say, oh yeah, totally. And then she, then she says, you're so sweet. That's so nice of you. Um, and then I feel really great about myself. And then that dollar goes to the organization and it's a brilliant intervention. Like at the cashier, um, asking you, like when I, when I first came across that, I just thought that was, that was super brilliant. It first started out, I think in North America being, um, like it started out in shoppers drug Mart having like a shoe and you would write your name on the shoe and then it would be put on the wall. Um, Mm -hmm. and then the children's hospital was a balloon and then your name was put on and it was going everywhere. And so you'd have some recognition and now there's so many, there's, at the grocery lineup, there's about three different organizations that you could support. There's the food bank, there's the children's hospital, cancer hospital, at least the grocery store that I go to. And, uh, and definitely it needs to be the outcome. Um, but it's, I, I understand from an NGO perspective, it's hard to get funding. And, um, but there are, and this goes back again to interconnected pieces is there's a lot of NGOs like, breast cancer has a ton of money and it's not that it shouldn't be, um, they shouldn't have a ton of money. It's not that they shouldn't have a ton of money, but, um, 
you know, there's a bit more, if you have a community lens, um, you know, for instance, that those two orphanages in Kenya, if they had a community lens, then they would come together and they would share those, those donor funding. Um, and, and that supports, you know, that goes a lot longer and farther uh, than being divided. Yeah. Um, I mean, if talking about uh, breast cancer, and again, we're talking about how much people know about the issue. Yeah. I, I think one of the things that really helps uh, breast cancer um, institutions is because of the, as well as the advertising that brings enormous um, awareness to 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 the issue. And I know, like you know, when you're watching sports events, for instance, I know that you know the NFL has, I don't know if it's October or November, but a full month dedicated to. Uh, breast cancer awareness. Mm. So, the colors that the the, the players wear are, are I think, pink. Mm-hmm. And uh, so you see pink everywhere in the stadiums, and um, even before the games, you know, like there's those, you know, like you know, stories that would really move you to have empathy. Mm-hmm. And uh, the thing now, when it comes to child orphans, is uh, and a lot of other NGOs, at least for me personally, and, and I think a lot of other people would agree is, again, it always feels, it's one thing to to, to do like a, an annual report and say, okay, the, you know, we track this and that, but we need live stories. Like I think the world right now in the culture we're in is that people resonate or react faster to uh, video is gonna, uh, you know, catch their attention. Mm-hmm. right uh we need these stories yes they're going to be heartbreaking but i mean people watch all kinds of junk and and like not just junk but i mean like uh all kinds of like uh sci-fi wicked like uh trauma series and whatever on netflix and and and, and these and we have some like real stuff that we can bring to people and be like hey this is just not a netflix series this is like re- this is actually happening on the ground where in a sense, it's like uh, you have these organizations because most of the times, for instance, like you're giving out food, let's say you're donating to money or again to orphans and things like that. That's all you hear. You, you don't hear of like, to what degree has my dollar made a dent? Mm-hmm. And sometimes some people don't donate because they're like, what is a dollar going to do? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And it's also like, what's your budget? Mm-hmm. So we never hear that kind of information. So Sometimes I, I, I'll be honest, I, 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 I skip over, do you, do you want to donate a dollar? Sometimes I do, sometimes I don't. The times when I don't, I'm like, what's your budget? Like, <laughs> give us a number, like, give us a budget. Just, you know, and this is where uh, I like the approach that you, the, 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 where you want to focus on connecting uh, these orphanages. And, and, and I think that's, that's very key because it's like, we need to know just from, you know, the people who want to donate to these problems and causes and who want to help. It's like, okay, what's your budget financially? What do you need? Uh, You're just telling me that, uh, you know, like one orphanage had like one of their big donors come to them and say, what do you guys need? And they say, uh, you know, we just need our kitchen refurbished. And then it's kind of like two blocks down the street. 
there's another orphanage and they can put two dollars together yeah so we need all that kind of information but i think most of the time these organizations are just they're just saying you donate but it's like well we need to know what's your budget like what what do you have what don't you have and in the next episode we'll continue the discussion with our guest melissa on the subject of child orphans we'll talk about the infrastructure that we can set up for ngos to be more efficient this was episode three of the child orphan series your host for today was calvin cavanda thanks for listening and see you on the next episode